Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Good morning, everybody. It's so good to see you today. We're so glad that you are here. And whoever did the rain dance, thank you. I just want to say thank you. Yes, right here we have some owners of that. So thank you very much for that. Uh, we thank God for uh, every drop that we get. Hey, before I get started, I want to tell you something. I want to say thank you. This last month was Clergy Appreciation Month, and you guys just blessed Ron and I very, very well. Uh, the hundreds of cards that I got to read, just, I just want to say thank you. And uh, you have filled our hearts with love, and all the gifts, uh, cards, and the gifts you've given, I just want to say thank you. If you do not love us, you're the biggest group of hypocrites I ever met in my life. You know, just thank you. I just want to say thank you for that. We love you, and uh, your love has been felt. And I just want to say thank you for that. Okay, today we're continuing our series called Get Dressed. And we are uh, talking about the armor of God. We've been talking about it for about six weeks. Today's the last message, but it is the best to me. Matter of fact, I was thinking about this morning about 4 o'clock, and I started to just call you and just say, come on, let's just go ahead and talk about it. You're glad I did it, right? But what I want to tell you is that we're going to talk about the armor of God, and uh, if you look on, on your outline, we begin, Paul is telling us how to get dressed spiritually. And that's what we're talking about, because we're in a spiritual warfare, and in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16, he says this. He says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the what? The Word of God. So I brought my sword today, right? Doesn't this just look like, whoa, wait a minute. I already had my head shaved. I don't want to do it again. But he says, you got to take the sword of the Spirit. Now, what are, the reason I share this with you and bring this here today is because uh, this is the only offensive weapon that you have. Remember, we talked about the shoes of peace. We talked about the belt of truth. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness. We talked about the shield of faith. We talked about the helmet of salvation. And today, remember, all of that is defensive. But today we have the sword, which is offensive. It's the only thing that you have. Without the sword, you would not, have a, uh, you would not stand a chance. And that's why our soldiers that we've been looking at... Um, this picture now that you've seen all week, or all this uh, series is coming up, and then he's dressed for battle. He did. We let him put his shield down so he could take up his sword just to show you. And today I want you to know, I want you to keep that in mind that this is the sword of the Spirit. And so, just in case you're wondering, it's not sharp on the edges, because I picked it up the first service like this, and somebody said, oh my God, I thought you were going to cut your fingers off. You know? No, it's, it's just to set you at ease. But what I want you to say is that the, the armor is only complete with this weapon. Now, the next verse that you have on your outline tells you the definition of the Bible. Okay, Why is the Bible written? Here it is. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 
3 and 16, it says, All Scripture is inspired by who? By God. It is useful to teach us what is true and makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. See that? It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every, to do every good work. So that's the purpose of the Bible. If you ever wonder, why do we have the Bible? There it is, right there. Every word is inspired by God. It's not inspired by man. It's inspired by God. And you have to understand it and believe that for it to have the power in your life. You see, you cannot be successful in your spiritual journey without the Word of God. You'll be playing defense your whole life, but you have to learn to play offense. And you have to learn to hold to God's Word. It's the sword. It's your offensive weapon against all kind of spiritual darkness in your life. So I have this statement that I want to share with you, and it'll be the point that we refer back to over and over again because I don't want you to forget it. If you forget everything else I say, I want you to remember this. You ready? Let's read this together. Here we go. The Bible helps me keep God in his place so things can fall into. Did you get that? Now, remember, we don't put God in his place. It's not like we talk to somebody and say, well, we had to put them in their place. No, 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 no. God is already in his place. Remember, he's already, he's to be in first place in our life. So the Bible reminds us to keep God in first place in order that things may fall into place. And it's amazing how many people get discouraged in life because, you know, God is nowhere to be found. Matter of fact, God is like in last place and then things are just falling apart around them and they get mad at God. So you can't do it. We have to keep God in his place in order that things may fall into place, all right? And so right now, you may be in a crisis right now and things seem like they're all out of sorts, and they may be crumbling around you, you just keep God in his place, and eventually they will fall into place. All right? Can I get, I agree. All right. That's a, that's a new term for amen. All right. So, so I want to tell you three things today that I believe are going to help you. I, I believe what I'm about to share with you today is powerful and I believe that it's going to change your life. And I believe it's going to change the way you, you view God's Word and the way you read God's Word. So let me give you the first thing. The first thing I would like to share with you is, would you write this down? God's Word prepares and equips. Would you write that down? Equips me to do every good work. In other words, without the Bible's instruction, you would not do good. Because it would be impossible just to be good, and you would not do good either. Jesus picked this up on this verse that I'm about to read to you. We've read it over and over through this series, but it is so true. Listen to the words of Jesus in John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said this, if you continue in my what? Word, in my word, then, then are you my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall what? It shall make you free. We've said it every week. Now, what Jesus was doing was putting the stamp on God's word, saying, there is nothing more important in your life than God's Word. And what he was knowing is this, that listen, without God's Word, you will, be, you will be enslaved spiritually. Without God's Word, you will be enslaved spiritually, that you can never be free. You can never be free without God's Word. You will never be the person that you were created to be. You will never, ever be free without God's Word. And I'm gonna, that's going to make more and more sense as we go on, along. Now, what are two things that God's Word gives us that helps set us free? I'm just going to give you two things that I think in the New Testament that, that really teach us, and that is in the New Testament, we learn how to forgive as God forgives, 
Would you agree with me that when you forgive someone, it sets you free? Would you agree with that? I mean, just holding on to that poisons you, doesn't it? And it just eats you up, and it's called bitterness. But learning to forgive as God forgives sets you free. And then also, learning to love as God loves sets you free. That means that, you know, when people do bad to us, that when we love like God loves, that means this, is that we can do good to, in, to them in spite of how we feel. In other words, we're never going to feel like, oh, come here, you're my big buddy. No, 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 you're a jerk. I don't, you're a jerk, but just because you're a jerk is not going to make me more like you. I'm still going to do good to you no matter how I feel about you, right? That's real love. That's what love is. We did a whole series on that called uh, Love Is, and so if you missed that, you can go back and listen to it online. Let me tell you, we found out in this series that love is not something that you just say, it's something that you do. You know what we found out too? Is love is not saying you owe me. When you love someone, you are indebted to that person. You're indebted to them. You know, I talk all the time, you know that. We were doing a sound check before service. Somebody said, hey, can you talk a little bit? I never get asked that. It's usually, can you be quiet? Rhonda's like, okay, my ears are hurting. But my wife, you don't get to hear her talk that much. She sings. But I want to tell you, when I thought about this, she is the greatest example of what it means to love. When we were, when we were young, I had a dream. God put some, I got saved and God put a dream inside of me that I wanted to help people know Him. And I started pursuing that dream. And the first thing that I, we did, we got married and at 21, you know, Rhonda had worked the same job that she had worked since she was in high school. From the age of 15 to that point, she worked the same place. Lived in this, we lived in the same, she never moved out of the town that she lived in. Her family, I'm talking about, like, they're close. I'm, I'm telling you, like, they're like, you know, closeness, like, you know, makeup and skin close. That's close, isn't it? And I began to pursue this dream that God had put inside of me. And the first call, the first thing we had to do, you know what we had to do? The first thing we had to do was we had to leave our jobs and we moved to Marietta to where we, we didn't have, we had to find other jobs to go be volunteers at this church in order that I might get the training that I needed to do what I do today. Listen. She gave up everything. All of her dreams... Everything that she thought life was going to be, she gave it up. And she followed. That's what I'm talking about love is. And today, we would not have this church that we have today. Had it not, if she, had she been selfish and said, Jeff, I'm not going. Then we would never be on the journey we're on today. And my friends, I want you to know something. I am indebted to that woman. You know, you hear me talk about her all the time, how much I love her. I do. I hope that ticket. You know, some people say, well, why do you talk about her so much? Because I love her. 
I owe her. I owe her my life. I owe her everything. She gave up everything to go and pursue this with me in this dream. And, you know, thank God she's been a part of it. But I, I'm indebted to her. And I listen, once I understood that she doesn't owe me anything, I owe her everything. And you cannot love thinking that somebody owes you. Amen? If you think your spouse owes you, you're never going to love them. If you think your children owe you, then you're never going to love them. You know, if you think that the world owes you, then you're going to be miserable. But the moment that you say, I want to love like God loves, that says, I'm indebted to you. I want you to know, I love you. You know, I'm indebted to you. I am your pastor who's indebted to you. I thank God for you. I love you. You don't owe me anything. But I owe you everything. And that's what love is. And so today I have on your connection card that we can practice this love that God's Word teaches. It's on the back of your connection card. It says, next step. So the middle box says, I will walk in the freedom of love and forgiveness. Today, would you make that, that your choice? I will walk in the freedom of love and forgiveness. If you just check that box, we're going to pray for you this week that God will help you do that. Okay, remember what our point is? Remember what we said? Let's read it again because I'm afraid you're going to forget it. It's on the screen. Let's read it together. You ready? The Bible helps me keep God in his place so things can fall into place. Do you agree with that? It's a reminder, and it's a constant reminder. Okay, got to keep God first, and then things will fall into place. Number two, would you write this down? God's word teaches us what is right and wrong. What is right and wrong. As you write that down, we say at SEC, we have a saying that says this, you can't do better, be better, until you know better. How, how many of you have ever done something dumb because you didn't know any better? Like, you know, I mean, like, there's been times that, you know, I went down a, a one-way road one time because I didn't see the sign. I didn't know any better. Well, when I saw the headlights coming my way, I got a clue. But I'm, I'm serious. Like, I mean, I have done dumb stuff in my life because I just didn't know. I, I didn't know any better. I did that, you know? And so I just want you to know, you can't do better, be better until you know better. And God's Word helps you know better. Jesus understood this. Jesus was actually, you know, before he went in and started doing all his miracles, he went out and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And let me tell you something. When you take up your game spiritually, the devil's going to try to attack you. That's why we have the sword of the Spirit, right? Remember the Word of God? Jesus used his sword. He'd been fasting, and he was hungry. And the Bible says the devil come to him and he says, why don't you just turn those stones into bread and you can eat. You, can, you got that power, you can do that. And Jesus said this, look in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of who? He said, ah, I'll take my sword. He pulled out his sword when he was spiritually attacked. And his sword was the word of God. You know what Jesus was saying to the devil and what you and I have to say to the devil and the culture and everybody else is that God has the final word. No matter how I feel, no matter what I'm going through, God has the final word. Let me ask you a question. Who has the final word in your life? Who has the final word? Because that is your God. Whoever has the final word is going to be your God. So, you know, it, it, you just got to decide that. Who's going to have the, the final word? And, and, and listen, I've decided a long time ago that God is going to be my final word as well. He's going to be the final word that I'm going to listen to. And I can tell you, he's guided me. He's guided, guided me all of my life. No regrets with God being my final word. 
Now, look at this next verse, okay? Because it's powerful. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says this, Hebrews 4 and 12. Let's read what's underlined out loud. Come on, read it like you're shouting at me. You ready? Here we go. The Word of God is alive and active. Did you? Alive. That means there's something different about this book. It's alive and it's active. He goes on to say this. Sharper than a double-edged sword. You see that? Sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts all the way through to where the soul and the spirit meet, to where the joints and marrow come together. It judges the desires and thoughts of the heart. Whoa! You, you know, uh, last week we were in our connect group and, and we were talking about the, the sword of the spirit in our connect group. And Rhonda made this great statement. She said, you know what? She told our group this. She said, you know what happens when people ignore God's word? They begin to, to hear lies and then they begin to believe lies. And once you begin to believe a lie, you can never, ever accept the truth. You see, once you begin to believe a lie, then all of a sudden that lie has a hold on you, and that hold spiritually is called a stronghold. What is a stronghold in someone's life? It's what you begin believing what is not true, but someone's told you that it was true so long that you begin to believe it, even though it's not true. It could have been a parent. It could have been a teacher. It could have been a co-worker. You know, people have said things to you that are not true, and if you believe those things that are not true, guess what? You have believed the lie, and you can never be free until you begin to believe the truth. Does that make sense to you? So, so some of us are held down because we have a stronghold, which means that we believe the lie. Let me, let me put this in an illustration. I don't know if you know this or not, but, you know, back when elephants were allowed to be a part of the circus. Okay, never mind. I'm sorry. I'm picking a, I know. I'm sorry. I'm offending some people, but it was a great thing to go and watch, you know, watch the elephants at the circus. But back in the day when they allowed that, they would take an elephant that was in the wild as a baby, and they would, they would bring it in, you know, bring the baby elephant in. And what they would do is they would drive a stake in the ground. They would take a chain and shackle the, the elephant's leg to that chain, and the elephant was able to roam around within the length of that chain. When it was a baby, it would try to get away. It would try to get away. It couldn't get away. And so finally, remember we say, an elephant never forgets. Well, an elephant, once it, once it tried to get away several times, it just finally quit trying to get away. And then you would go to the circus and you would see these giant elephants and you would go by the giant elephants. Guess what? They have a chain on their leg with a stop in the ground. That elephant does not know. It does not know that elephant could, could push over this church. It could move buildings. It could, do, it could do amazing things. It was stronger. It was strong. And its freedom, all they had to do was pull its leg, and it would be able to pull that stop right out of the ground. But somewhere in that elephant's mind, it still believed like it was a baby. See, someone lied to that elephant. They said, you can never break this chain by, by holding it when it was a child. And it believed that, that elephant believed it that lie its whole entire life and therefore it was in captivity its whole life because at any moment as an adult elephant it could broke that chain and walked into freedom who drove the stob in the ground for you what lie are you believing what lie are you what lie who told you you could not 
Who told you, I'm just this way, that's the way I'm born. You know, I'm just going to be stupid my whole life. I'm just going to be dumb my whole life. You know, I can't take that promotion. I can't be this person. I can't. Who drove the, who drove the stop in the ground? And as long as you believe that lie that you can never change, you can never get better, your marriage can't get better, your children can't get better, your job can't get better, guess what? You're believing a lie, and you're a prisoner to a lie. I'm telling you today that God's Word says you are more than a conqueror through Him. And He says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I'm telling you, the Word of God steps in, and it breaks the chains that are holding you back. It pulls up those stakes and tells you you no longer have to believe a lie. You can live the truth. And the truth sets you free. See, that's what Jesus was talking about. He was saying the truth. The truth will set you free. Why? Because when you quit believing the lies that have been told to you, then you can be free. And every free, listen, the freedom that you want is not going to come on TMZ. You will not find the freedom that you want when you're walking out of a, a Walmart and you're buying your groceries right there in the little aisles, you know, inquiring minds want to know. See, it just can't answer that. But the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, living, active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Now, let me just say this to you. The question you've got to ask yourself is, what lie am I believing? And the only way that lie is going to be exposed is you get in God's Word. It will reveal the lies that you've been believing and will help you come to the truth and then you can move forward in your life. That's why I believe we need to read the Bible. The Bible is an amazing book. I read a lot of books every year. You know, well, to some people, I read, you know, 35, 40 books a year outside of the Bible. But I can tell you what, I read the Bible first because there is no book that supersedes the Bible. It's the, first, it's the first thing I do in the morning. I read the Bible. Why? Because i got to know the truth. Listen, if I don't keep reminding myself the truth, I'll start believing an old lie again. Did you hear that? If I don't keep reading the Bible, I will start, reading an old, I'll start believing an old lie again. Remember what, you can, remember what you come out of? How that God set you free? And like you started believing the truth, you started getting freedom. Well, when you back away from God's Word, you back away from God's house, you back away from God's people, all of a sudden you start going back to believing the old lie again. And then it pulled you in captivity. You see, why the Bible is so good? This book is like no other book. You know why? Because when I read it, it reads me. Do you know how many times I've gotten up? I, I, it's, I've got up at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's the time I read the Bible. I got up and started reading the Bible. And only read it just a few minutes. I have to go down and wake Rhonda up. I say, why do you wake her up? Because I was a jerk to her the night before. And I was like, before, you know, that, that night that we, you know, we went to sleep in the bed and you could have drove a semi right down the middle of our bed and not touched either one of us. Oh, you don't have nights like that where you hug inside, like, don't touch me, you nasty. You know what I'm saying? You don't, you don't have stuff like that, huh? Touching me. Well, those nights that we had stuff, stuff like that, I mean, that stuff happens in our home. I'm sorry, you're so spiritual, but hey, it happens in our home at times. And you, and you know, those times that that happens. And I just, I, I, that night I went to bed like, heck no, I'm not apologizing. I'm right. Uh-uh, forget it. 
only to get up the next morning and start reading the Bible. It doesn't matter. Anyway, open it up and start reading the Bible. And guess what? All of a sudden, it starts reading my junk. It starts reading my mail. And all of a sudden, I start feeling, well, maybe I'm not so right. And all of a sudden, this thought comes to me, no, you're an idiot. You're a jerk. You need to go apologize to that lady down there who loves you, who puts up with you all the time. I don't know how the Holy Spirit talks to you, but he just jacks me up sometimes. Listen. If the Bible's correcting me, then nobody else has to. Did you, did you hear that? Just, just think what that means. That, that, means, that means that, you know, everybody, if the Bible's correcting me, then, you know, I don't have to go to jail. It's a crazy thing. I've got to move on, but this is crazy, isn't it? Isn't it amazing how... In schools, we take Bibles away from people. And they go to jail, we give them a Bible. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but it looks like that maybe if we want to reverse the trend, maybe we give them a Bible in school and they stay out of jail. <laughs> just, uh, I just... I don't, I don't, I don't, isn't that crazy to you? I don't, I'm sorry. All right, that's the way it is. So... I have a next step for you in your back of your connection card. Now, this is a good one. It's the last one. It says, I will do my best to be my best. Because you're never going to be your best. I will do my best to be my best by listening to or reading God's Word. I'm telling you, there is nothing that can replace God's Word if you want to be your best. You've got to get in His Word. You get in it, it gets in you. I'm asking you to take that step today. You say, Pastor Jeff, I don't like reading. That's all right. Download the Bible on your smartphone and on your way to work, turn off the bad news and turn on the good news. You can listen to it. I recommended reading, but I, if you just listen to it. While you're getting ready, just turn it on. You know, uh, listen, while you, ladies, while you're putting your makeup on in your mirror, just turn God's Word on and let it start talking to you while you're putting your makeup on. And as you're getting ready physically for the day, you'll be ready spiritually for the day. Men... As you're, getting, as you're taking your shower, you're working out, whatever you're doing, just turn it on. Okay, you got the point. Number three, let's say our point again. You ready? Here we go. The Bible helps me keep God in His place so things can fall into place. So we keep God in His place so things can fall into place. Number three, write this down. God's Word gives us life. Life. Gee, Louise, this is so good. It's already been good, ain't it? It's getting better. See, I'm already excited because I know what's coming your way. You don't know. The Bible says this in 2 Timothy 3.16. We opened up with this verse, but another translation puts it this way. Look what it says. All Scripture is what? God breathe. All Scripture is God breathe. That means it's spiritual. When God, you know, that means it's life-giving. When God breathes on things, they come to life. You ever notice that in the Bible? Look at the next verse, Genesis 2 and 7. The Lord God formed a man for the dust of the ground. Now, let me stop right there. Whoa, because you, you're missing this. How many of you ever been to the beach and you've seen people make things in the sand? Hey, anybody ever been there? Okay, you make things. So this is what God did. God said, hey, let's just form a man out here. He formed a man out in their image. And then this is when the second part happened. Look what happens here. It says, and he breathed into his nostril the breath of what? The breath of life. 
And the man became a, just by God breathing. God breathed and the man come alive. Now, there's some people that breathe on me, I about die. You've been there before. My dad, one time at the church, he said, son, I was sitting beside a guy, and he had a mint. The guy said, hey, you want this mint? My dad said, yeah, he took one, he rolled it off, and he you know, tore the paper back to the mint, and had, went to hand the pack back to the guy. He said, no, you just keep it. He said, gave me the sign. Look at this. Look at the next verse. So anyway, it was God's breath in Adam's lungs that gave him life, and it's God's breath that gives us life. Look at Psalm 33 and 6. The Lord merely spoke, and the heavens and earth were what? They were created. Heavens and earth were created. Now notice this next part. Would you read these next four words out loud with me? Come on, let's read them. You ready? He breathed. Oh, did you see that? You almost got ahead of me. He breathed the word. Do you know that you can't talk without breath? You know that? You can't talk. It takes breath to say a word. I want to just show this to you, really, really quickly. Ready? Would you put your hand in front of your face about four inches above the front of your mouth? And would you just shout out, hey, Pastor Jeff, you ready? One, two, three. Hey, Pastor Jeff. Did you feel, did you feel something on your hand? That was your breath. Without your breath, you have no words. Your breath is your words. That's why the Bible says the, the life is in the power of the tongue. You breathe, you, when you breathe, you, you're breathing words. That's why, like, when you go up a set of stairs, you can't talk after you get to the top, right? Listen, man, I'm, a, I'm about to run a half marathon. I ran 13 miles yesterday, and I'm going to tell you something. When I climb a set of stairs, I, you got to give me a minute. I don't, I don't know. I, this just does me that way. I don't know why, but I can't, I can't, like, I can't just have a conversation. I'm out of breath. I have no words. Now, it was God's word. It was God's word through God's breath that spoke the solar system into existence. You, you realize that? That's what he's saying? What I want you to understand is this, is that your words are your breath, and your breath is your life. Would you agree with that? Because if you don't breathe, you die. Are we in agreement with that? Okay, anybody want to challenge me? We can just get you to hold your breath. No, 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 no. Your, your, your breath is your words and your, or your, your words is your breath and your breath is your life. Listen to this. God's breath is God's words and God's word is our life. Did you hear that? God's breath is God's word and God's word is our life. It's our life. And so what, what God did was God spoke into nothing and created something through his breath and his word, his spirit, right? The earth came into existence. And watch this. Here we go. The reason that's so important to you and me is because when we read the Bible, God speaks to us. It's God's breath. It's God's, when you read God's word, see, God's word was God breathed. And when you read God's word, it's God breathing into you. It's God breathing into you. So here's what I have for you, okay? I have this statement. It's coming up right now. Look at this. This is my statement that I live by. I, you might want to write this down. You can borrow it if you want to. The Bible. I read, God breathes, and I live. Did you hear that? The Bible. I read, God breathes, and I live. You say, Jeff, how does that affect your life? I'll tell you why. Because you say, how have you been married for almost 30 years? I'll tell you. 
Because when Ron and I are having difficulties, when, when we read God's word, God breathes in and we live. Our marriage lives. How do, how do you handle, how have you been able to handle when your kids are about to drive you crazy? I'll tell you how. I read, God breathes, and then I live. How have you been able to make it through financial difficulties? I'll tell you how. I read, God breathes, and I live. How, how have you been the pastor of this church for over 22 years? Oh, let me tell you about that one. I want to tell you, when every obstacle has come my way, when every difficulty has come my way, when I felt like I couldn't make it another day, every day I got up, I drug myself to the place where I could read the Bible. Even though if I didn't understand one word of it, even if it's all blurry, I'd still read it. And even though I didn't think I was getting anything out of it, every time I would read and God would breathe and I would live, that's how I maintain and that's how you maintain. Every time it's God's word. When you read, God breathes and you live. Would you say that with me? I read. Come on, let's say it again. You ready? I read, God breathes, and I live. Come on, say it again. You ready? I read, God breathes, and I live. Come on, one more time. I read, God breathes, and I live. It's the sword of the spirit. It's spiritual. It's not just physical. I'm telling you today that when you read the Bible, it's God going, breathing life into you. And that's why the devil will do everything in his power to make you too busy. That's why he will, he will tell you you're too tired. That's why he will tell you you don't need that. That's why you will do everything but do that. Why? Because once, God, once you get in God's Word and you open it up, you begin to read, God begins to breathe inside of you. And he, he, you read, God breathes, and then you begin to live. And you find out you can make it. Have I convinced you to read the Bible yet? <laughs> okay. Because that's what I'm trying to do. Is read the Bible. Look at one more thing here. There was a guy, John chapter 8, to come to Jesus, who actually had, he was a spiritual man, but he, he, was, he knew about God, but he didn't know about the Spirit of God. Look what he says. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is what? So let me tell you something. You have no right today to say, I was, that's just the way I am. I was born that way. No, 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 no. Because when you become a Christian, you become born again. That means God's Spirit comes to you. He changes you. Okay? He says, flesh gives birth to flesh, but Spirit gives birth to Spirit. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Here's what I want to say. Is that when you ask Christ to come into your life, when you say, God, I want to be a Christian, I want to be saved, you say, God, I'm inviting you to breathe into me your life. I want to receive your spirit, right? It's his spirit. It's his spirit that makes the difference, that makes us come alive on the inside. Now listen, if, you, if you're not a Christian, you have no idea what I'm talking about. That's why I want to invite you to do that. Ask him to come in and breathe into your heart and your life. Today, there's some of you that are going through discouragements and difficulties, and you need God to breathe. In just a moment, we're going to begin to sing a song. And we're going to sing this song. And it says, God, it's your breath in our lungs. 
That's why we're going to praise you. When you, I believe some of you in just a moment, when you begin to recognize that it's his breath that's in your lungs that gives you the ability to do what you do, to, to be here today, to live and move, when you begin to credit him with that, I believe his spirit is going to fill you and give you the confidence today to do what? To break those chains that may be binding you. And today you're going to walk out of here empowered with the truth that you are no longer what you, you are no longer the same as you were when you walked in here. You're walking out with truth that God's word is the truth and it's the standard and it tells you that you can do all things through Christ. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of your son Jesus, there's people in this room that God are making a decision today to become a Christ follower. And God, just as this air conditioner is moving air, we know that your Holy Spirit's here moving. So we ask you, O oh God, right now, for those that are sitting here, that you would come into our, their life, O oh God, and you would fill them with your Spirit right now. They're saying it, dear Jesus, come into my life and save me. God, as they pray that prayer, you're hearing them, O oh God. There's others, God, that's saying, Lord, I need you to breathe in my marriage. I need you to breathe on my job situation. I need you to breathe in our finances, oh God. I need you to breathe. Lord, as they're praying that prayer today, they're going to stand in just a moment, and they're going to realize that you give that breath, oh God. You give the breath of life. Whatever you breathe on lives, God. That marriage can live. That relationship with that child can live, oh God. That job can live, oh Lord. That, Lord, that, that baby can live because you're speaking life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I invite you to stand to your feet right now and let's worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. Our prayer team will be down here if you want someone to pray with you. Come on. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.